This is episode 96 with Tyler James, where we do a deep dive into what are some best practices you can use to build your audience when you're on a limited budget before your crowdfunding launch. This is Crowdfunding Uncut, the place where creators and entrepreneurs come to learn how to launch a successful crowdfunding campaign. Here's your host, Kirsten Ross. This episode is brought to you by BackerKit. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the spreadsheet nightmares after your campaign is done. Let me explain. Once you have hundreds of new backers for your product, you're going to be exporting a ton of customer data that is probably going to change. People will need to change their shipping address. They'll want to downgrade some of their rewards. They'll want to buy more rewards. And when you don't have a system in place to help with this, it's actually going to be taking a lot more of your time dealing with customer service admin, and you're probably going to screw stuff up, which is not good long-term for customer relations. BackerKit gives you a full done-for-you software platform online where you can easily manage all of your customer data. And my favorite part about working with them is that once your campaign actually wraps up, they help you get additional sales from your customers by offering to upsell to more rewards or options that you may or may not have on your campaign. They have worked with more than 2,000 projects, delivering more than 3.5 million rewards um, and products. This could be digital products or, heck, even physical products to you guys. They've been amazing to work with. I've partnered with them on the show because I've worked with them in the past and they are amazing. So if you are looking for a partner after your campaign, that's going to make your life super easy. They are the ones to go to. To find out more information, go to backerkit.com. But wait, at checkout, they're actually giving the uncut listeners, which are you guys, going to give you 50% off of their setup services. So when you go to backerkit.com, go to checkout and use the five code uncut, U-N-C-U-T. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Crowdfunding Uncut. My God, we are so close to episode 100. I never thought that when I started this whole podcast thing, like two years ago now, that I would even last this long. Like I remember having a conversation with one of my best friends four years ago and he's like, let's start a podcast together. And I was like, why no one wants to hear me? And then I took a course. It talked me into it. Thanks, Andrew Warner, by the way. Um, but here I am. And podcasting has absolutely changed my life. We actually have a fellow podcaster on Tyler James. Um, I'm really stoked to jam with you on this because Tyler has, um, if I butcher this, he's going to, he's a master of his own story. So I'll get him to do the big introduction. But uh, Tyler actually approached me with one of the best pitches I've ever seen. It was (laughs) a, hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast. But by the way, here's what I've done. So if you want to like cross promote and get me on yours. And I was like, that is Perfect. I love that. And looking into some of his work, he has helped manage, well, he's managed over um, like multiple projects that have done close to $325,000 collectively. And he's so niche down. He's um, into, wow, drawing a blank, um, comic book launches. He does graphic novels, a few children's toys. Um, and he's also the co-creator and publisher of Comics Tribe, um, as well as listen to his podcast, Comics Launch. Um, but it's really cool. And I'm actually excited for this conversation because we just got off the podcast where I was interviewed on his. And we were talking like super high level with like, how do the big campaigns become big campaigns? And what are some of the strategies with big advertising budgets? But I saw a really cool angle with this one where he's dealt with 
different scopes of projects. Like what, what is the, well, Tyler, um, what is the highest project you've raised and what's the lowest just so we can see your, your range. Yeah, the range. Uh, well, first it's great to be, be here. And, uh, and you know, I, I do have that comic book background and one of the, anybody that listens to this, that knows comics, they always do the crossovers where Iron Man and Superman will, <laughs> will come, come together, Spider-Man and Hulk. And, and, uh, and so I love applying the crossover thing to the podcast as well. So, you know, your listeners will hopefully, uh, check out uh, the comics launch and, and I'll be definitely sending listeners over to this one. Um, but in terms of the range, of the projects that I've worked on. I just wrapped up, uh, my team and I uh, just wrapped up our biggest project ever, uh, which ended, um, well, we haven't even gotten the, the Kickstarter funding come through yet. So that's how, how close it was. But so that was, um, it was for a book called Sweet Dreams Cthulhu, which was a Lovecraft themed children's book. Uh, we landed it as the number 10 all time most funded book on Kickstarter in the children's book category. So that was 91,600 and something dollars. Um, so, so that's that's that one, and all the way down to um, a single issue uh, for a, a new comic book series that I wrote, which was about a six thousand dollar project, I believe, um, a few several years ago. And so uh, my projects have, have fit in, in everywhere in between, uh, and the creators that I, I work with and, and, and coach have done everything from you know uh, two thousand dollar projects all the way on up. So uh, and, and and the average in the space that I, I, I spend a lot of time working on in the comics, it's not terribly high. Um, you know, I think the average funded comics project is only about a little over $5,000 in the comics category. Um, but that's also part of the reason why comics is number three in terms of uh, overall success rate. So um, I, I'd, I'd love to have a conversation about projects that are, you know, maybe a little bit smaller than some of these astronomical tech projects. That, that yeah, but smaller doesn't mean less interest or worse strategy it's because the i guess the creators that go into this and work with you like i've had creators come to me and they're like i don't want to go and raise a ton of money like i i want to do something modest to get started and i think with the right strategy and i'm so excited to dive in with you because you've like mastered that level where it's just it's a different kind of creator with different goals right yeah and i think and this is something that i think has been a a theme for Kickstarter this year, and I don't know if you've you've noticed this at all, but I think Kickstarters tried to make a uh, a case that, uh, f- or trying to change the definition of what a Kickstarter project is. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of creators that I talk to. I don't have a project worthy of Kickstarter or uh, I, I, I don't have the time for a Kickstarter. And there's all these assumptions about Kickstarter projects being these big, heavy, gotta, you know, take up, uh, it becomes a second day job. It becomes, it takes over your entire life and they definitely can. I mean, I'm sure you've worked on projects that like that's, oh, yeah. you're going to live, breathe that for 90 days uh, or a full year or more. Um, but what we've also seen Kickstarter do this year with in January, they did a make 100 initiative where they uh, encourage creators just to create, uh, have a project with a reward. That's just a hundred of something, you know, very, you know, this is, you know, make a hundred zines or make a hundred, uh, you know, ashtrays, whatever, whatever it is that, that you do, just, uh, you know, make 100 to try to just say that, Hey, it doesn't have to be this massive thing. And then in March, we saw them do the all in one initiative, which was, uh, Hey, plan, uh, or start, uh, and, and run a project for just seven days. And we'll give you a little bit of extra boost. And 
you know, one of the creators that I, I work with, Kevin Joseph of, of Catch All Comics, you know, he had his most backed project. He'd, he'd had done uh, three or four projects before that. His most backed project was an all-in-one project uh, of, of seven days. So even though he'd had success on previous projects, um, you know, that focus showed that he did, it didn't have, like, a Kickstarter project doesn't always have to be this gigantic thing. Um, and so, and so uh, one, just one of the things that I've really been thinking about is, you know, Kickstarter... And I, I come from a game design background, but I, I do view Kickstarter as a game. And it's a game. It's got, it's got its own rules. And the cool thing about it, though, is because you get to set your, your goal, you get to essentially set the difficulty level of the game you want to play. So uh, if you are just getting started, if you don't have a massive audience, well, you know, what would you do in, in the game world? You'd go and you'd play the tutorial mode or you'd play the easy, like the beginner level, or you'd knock out Gl Glass Joe if you're a Mike Tyson's Punch-Out fan. Uh, you wouldn't start by fighting Mike Tyson or, fight, or, or taking on the, the big boss, right? Oh, uh, I know. And, and, so, and so the cool thing is you, like Kickstarter can be what, or, or crowdfunding projects, like you get to set the difficulty level based on your goal and you have the, and then you can earn the right to go after bigger goals. Mm -hmm. I find too that, um, I mean, I don't necessarily do this, but like I, there's a point in the podcast where I was specifically going after six figure campaigns mm. to hear their, their story and their strategy. And I feel like that may have alienated people. Cause they're like, I don't have the resources these creators had, or you hear the one like goodnight stories for rebel girls where they had barely put any money into advertising. It was so bootstrapped and they exploded and they're like, Oh, well I don't need an email list. Cause I could just go and like raise a million dollars. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know if I have alienated people, but I definitely think that people do look at the Kickstarter success and they're like, I just don't think I can do that. And I think it's really important to open up that conversation to like, actually you can, and what are other successful project creators doing to still have mega success in their mind without it being this huge thing. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it's all a mindset thing. Now, if, if you're going into this saying, well, I need to raise, I need to raise a hundred thousand dollars in order for this to be worth it. Well, you might want to just take, spend a little bit of time looking at the platform that you're jumping into, you know, like the, in the children's, like in the children's book category, there've only been, eight projects that have raised over, raised in the six figure mark. So uh, out of 600 plus projects uh, that have, that have been successful and thousands that have launched. And so for you to just, you know, like, it's just important to, to know the area that you're playing and, and, and look at what the averages are. And, and then also think about what kind of level of uh, or commitment you're willing to, to put into it. Now, you know, for this last one, my, my team and I, we're really, uh, you know, we were shooting for that, you know, to the top 10. We had had three successful campaigns under with this brand under our belt before. And we're like, okay, let's, let's, let's throw everything we've got at this, you know, and, and that means increased advertising spend. That means uh, building out a bigger team. That means following up with every single lead on Facebook and every single like or comment and making sure that, that uh, we were able to, to touch all those bases. But we didn't start there. And, um, and you don't need to start there. And, but what you do need to do is you do, there's a few things that, that you need to do first. I mean, and, and, and still to this day, I see creators making this mistake. They, they, they launch on a platform that they have no 
they have no uh, entrance into. They're not a part of that community at all. Uh, and you know, even some of some of the big stories and, and and some big publishers in the in the comic space make the cardinal sin of of launching a, their first project having not backed a single project, and immediately that becomes the story, <laughs> right? Yeah, because not only does that lead to potential mismanagement because you don't understand what it's like to be a backer on a yeah. project yeah. that doesn't do what they say or whatever, just to see behind the scenes of how this works or even see the kind of interactions or how I think you like, and you're right, you're entering the ecosystem of a game when you start to see, because as soon as you back something, you're part of a community around that specific project. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they, and, and that's part of it. I mean, I mean, one, I think, I do think there sends a message that because Kickstarter does display, okay, you know, what's your history? What projects have you backed? What projects have you created? If you come in there and there's just that big fat zero, <laughs> um, it just sends a message that, hey, I'm here to take. As opposed to you know, and 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 that project just you know I, I won't won't call them out, but not only did they not back any projects, but then uh, the day one they're using their updates like text messages where they send out four they sent out four updates in like the first two hours, uh, like correcting every every little thing, and it's like this is just you know it's low it's a low hanging fruit. So you know I mean step one is to to just join the Kickstarter uh, community and, and at least in the comics category. And I've done I spent some time doing a little bit of research, downloaded uh, two years worth of data, crunched some numbers, and 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 tried to look at the difference between successfully funded projects and unsuccessfully funded projects. And in the comics category for two years worth of data, failed projects on average, the creators had backed four projects. Uh, it was, I believe, over 11 for successful projects. So, so it was just kind of interesting to, to see that, that, uh, that, that that's a part of it. And, and I'm not saying that you back 11 projects and you're going to be guaranteed to succeed, but there is a correlation between knowing how Kickstarter works um, and, and, and also getting, fun, uh, getting funded and I also know that, you know, a lot of creators make the mistake of, of seeing everybody else on Kickstarter as their competition, as if there is just one pot of Kickstarter gold that is going to be split among everybody there, uh, when in reality... Beyond that, it's yeah, opposite. Yeah. In reality, they can be among your best assets. And so by backing other Kickstarter projects, especially projects that the audiences that you're trying to serve would like uh, and getting on those radars of, of creators who are serving similar audiences. You was like, it's just, it's just smart business. Yeah. So what do you mean? Okay. I like that. Um, I've heard of, and I, okay. I've heard of, uh, and I've seen this actually, I've been pitched where there's like some guy who backed our campaign and he's like, Hey, I, I bought your dollar reward. Can you now back mine? Mm, I don't that. think you're talking about that. Yeah. You, no, 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 no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I had a creator. Uh, he, he came to one of my workshops and we got him going with his, with his email list. Cause that's one thing that he just, he didn't have. And so uh, I do a workshop. Uh, it's a, like a, just a, a 90 minute workshop where we, we get things, get you going with that email list, that initial launch list. And we could talk a little bit about that. Cause you know, I, I know, especially if you're talking about a $1,000 reward, $5,000 $5, goal, et cetera, people aren't going to be coming to that with a big appetite or even an awareness of how to make Facebook ads work for them or, or, or you know, taking out big, big loans to, or, or doing strategies to, to really spend a lot in the upkeep. Um, but the cool thing is, 
if with a modest goal, like $1,000, I mean, in, in the comics category, you can raise $1,000 with less than 30 backers on average, or about 32 backers. So, so, so you only need a relatively small list of people to launch to, to get that. Um, and so, so yeah, so, 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 I mean, that, that's part of it, but, um, but yeah, so I, I had a, cr- a creator that he, he built his list, he launched, he got funded, moving on to stretch goals, but then sort of hits the dead zone. And he's like, okay, I, I, need, to get, I need to get more people to share my project. And he, and he reached out to me and he said, he's like, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling because I'm, I'm emailing these, these uh, other Kickstarter projects that are live and I'm telling them I'll share their project if they share mine. And I told him, brother, you got it backwards. Here's what you got to do. You find projects that your audience would generally like, that you like yourself, that you would put your, that, that you would, you don't have to back it, but you would consider backing it and that you're, the people that you're trying to serve would back it. You find those projects that you like. You share those projects with your audience in an update. You then, only then, after you've added that value, after you've done that, do you contact those projects and you say, hey, uh, just wanted to say I like like what you're doing. I decided I thought my my uh, my audience of X number of backers really would would like your project. I shared it in your update. Good luck with the rest of your campaign. Ask for nothing. That strategy right there works eighty to ninety percent of the time. Whereas if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Works you know maybe ten percent of the time. Oh, that's so smart. I do it the first way for like. <laughs> We pitched for cross promotion and we're like, yeah. hey, if you want to do this, I well, well, like that. Well, yeah. so, so here's the deal with that. I mean, if you have lev- like now when you have leverage and, and it's, it's also sort of a, a, a leverage thing. So like, you know, if you're coming at it with a strate- with strate- like with a, a lot of weight behind you and, you know, you've got a big audience and or, or if if that if your audience is bigger than that other person then um, then it might be more successful if, to really make it sort of a formal thing. But if you're just a scrappy person on your first, on your first project, you don't have a big history behind yourself, then you need to, you need to, to because you know it, at, at launching Kickstarter projects, how many offers are you getting? It's just bombarding, bombarding, and everything. Everybody seems to want something. Hey, we're your marketing firm. Exactly. Hey, we're so we're, you're looking for the social media king. You know, did you know that social media is blah blah blah? Like, like by by that that time, like backers are so numb <laughs> to to uh, these updates that they're getting that to have somebody show up in their inbox or in the, through Kickstarter messaging or whatever. Who, who already did something for me and, and isn't asking for anything in return. Like, I mean, that's just like, wow, that was actually well thought out and, and not asking for any return. And it, it gets that whole reciprocity thing going. And so, you know, it's a strategy that I use because it works, but also if it didn't work, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to move on to the next thing and, 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 and keep going and, and be comfortable that I, you know, did my part to make, the, the Kickstarter universe or ecosystem just a, just a little bit better by because if you if you generally are sharing projects and, and, and we'll get this all the time like 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 we had a you know over a thousand backer I mean we had sixteen hundred and eighty backers for this last projects and we're getting people pitching us for these random tech projects that have nothing to do you know like you know here here's a bra that like here's a nice bra new bra project like pitch this it's like it makes no sense for my audience um so, you're, so they're just looking at you know 
thousands of dollars and, and thousands of back, or over a thousand backers, um, there's no fit there. So you want to make sure that there's that there's a fit there for when you're doing it because that's how it's going to serve your audience. Or else it's just spam at yeah, that point. Exactly. Now, going to pause. We cannot forget to thank the guys over at BackerKit for sponsoring this episode. BackerKit is a crowdfunding fulfillment software service that helps you take care of all the logistics, spreadsheets, and um, sorting customer data. Not only do they help make customer address changes super easy or changing rewards after someone has already bought, but the power is that they also help you um, do upsells and downsells and take care of all that. So if you don't have a system or platform already set up, um, they've already built that for you. And the best part, you can find them at backerkit.com, but they've actually um, created a discount code for the uncut listeners, which are you guys. So if you go to uh, check out, use the code uncut, U-N-C-U-T. They're going to give you 50% off of their startup services, which is amazing. Um, so if you want to keep selling and keep making money and stay super organized um, after your campaign, they are the guys to go to. I've worked with them on a few campaigns now and they are amazing. Again, backerkit.com. So going over, like you've done a few campaigns now. If you had a someone come to you with a small budget and a modest goal, what is... And if they don't want to do Facebook advertising, what would you say? I want to jump into your top two things that you'd recommend for budget-friendly ways to build an audience. Like, what do you do in that case? Yeah, so I think the first thing you need to do is, is start with, um, you got to start with, uh, by activating your power base and your sort of the people that already are in your world who know, like, and trust you. And I liken a Kickstarter launch to a, uh, y- you want to do in a grand opening, you want to treat it like a grand opening. And, and, and if you were opening a, a store, let's say you were opening a coffee shop, if you were opening a store in your town, like one of the first things that you would do is you would have a grand opening because you got Starbucks across the street and they already, uh, you know, they're established and, and you're going to, you know, <laughs> have better coffee at half the pretension, <laughs> but, uh, but you need to bring people in there. And so, so you're going to do a grand opening and you're not just going to invite only coffee drinkers who don't know you. You're going to invite your family, your friends, your uh, cousins, you're, you're going to tell them to invite their friends. You're going to just put the word out to everybody that is in the world that already knows, likes, and trusts you because there are really two, especially in, in the, the areas that I focus, which are you know really uh, not so much products as, a, as opposed to you know books, books. Uh, uh, like, like, like publishing projects, books, et cetera, like a lot of those things, you know, they're not necessarily solving a problem. They're, you know, they're, they're entertainment. And so, um, the, the, everybody has people in their world that already know, like, and trust them and people that will back and support your endeavors on Kickstarter or anywhere are either going to be from the, the first bucket, which is the no, like, and trust bucket, people that are there to support you or there's, they're going to be there because they really want that product. Now, to have a, a really successful project, you got to have a combination of both. But if you're starting from absolute scratch, one audience probably exists. One audience definitely exists. If you've been on this planet for any length of time, you have people already in your world who know, like, and trust you and want to see you succeed, whether you're launching a Kickstarter, launching a coffee shop, launching you know, a dance troupe, whatever you're doing. There are people in your life right now that want to see you succeed. Um, and then there are also, hopefully, will be people that 
you know, want the thing that you're creating. And a lot of the times, especially people creators starting out, like they're only focused about who are these people that are going to want my book. And I don't want to tell anybody else and show anybody else what I'm working on. When in reality, it's those people that they might not want, you know, they'll want your book to succeed. They might not read it ever, but if they know that you're, that you're building it, if they see you working on it as you go, as you're building it in public, as you're sharing updates as it, well, then they're going to be like finely tuned so that anyone that even mentions anything remotely near the topic of your book or the genre of your book or, or books, oh, you're a big books reader or a Kickstarter, like they're going to be the ones that are going to tell those people about it and help spread and magnetize that to it. So the biggest mistake creators make is they, they sort of toil in obscurity in their basement and then launch to crickets. And I mean, the, the stat that always blows my mind in the comics category, I think it's eight or 9% Kickstarter overall. I think it's like 18 or 19% is that most like, like of, of unsuccessful projects, like so many of them just have goose eggs no backers at all. It's like, how do you launch a project? How do you put real time and energy into this stuff and not even have your mom or your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your, your, your uncle Larry back you, you know? Um, and so, and so, but that tells me that, well, they didn't, they didn't do any kind of pre-launch. They didn't activate their existing power base. So that's where I would start. Okay. Um, now, one of the things that we did in this, in the last campaign, um, which worked really well, uh, this is the first time I, I did this, is we actually did a, a sort of pre-launch uh, viral contest. And so this isn't, this isn't you know, we, we basically took some of our products from previous campaigns. And, and this is the, the nice thing about getting a sort of a Kickstarter snowball rolling is that we took some of our best products from, from the last campaigns, put them together in a nice bundle that's worth about, I mean, we sell that bundle on Amazon for like $80. And then we used um, a tool called King Sumo to, uh, by the same guys that uh, do Sumo. Uh, and... Uh, and we used that and did just a viral contest for two weeks. And we, you know, first sent that to, to our, our, our existing audience and our email list. And then we started driving uh, Facebook traffic to, to that. And we're getting like 20 cent leads, which uh, for people opting into this. And then the people could earn more. Uh, the way that uh, King Sumo tool works is that y- y- the more you share it, the more entries and thus the, the better your chances of of winning on. So it was sort of self, uh, self-propelling. So that was sort of a little bit more of an advanced strategy, but I'll definitely be using that for all Kickstarters just because the leads were very, very inexpensive. Uh, providing value in advance of the Kickstarter uh, was a big way to both grow your list and also get that energy and get that excitement in the follow-up sequence. It's like, okay, well, you know, this campaign, this thing is going, but while you're, while you're, uh, while you're here, here, download this, this uh, 20 page preview with behind the scene with uh, an advanced preview of the book. And, um, and so that's a big part of it, um, is, is just, uh, you know, the, 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 the bigger the pre-launch, the bigger your launch will be. I really like the giveaway thing. Um, I've had a couple people on the podcast now. One was so pro, I almost got into an argument with him over this because he just got so angry with what I'm going to say, but yep. him, then someone who was dead set against uh, giveaways. And the reason is, and I, I'd like your take on this. Now, I believe in doing giveaways. Um, but some people say that if you do giveaways, you're getting the people on your list for the wrong reasons, which if they don't win, they're not going to buy. 
and they're not qualified buyers. So I'm wondering how you, you obviously did a great job and you obviously were able to turn those people around into backers. So what are some things you do to like keep the audience engaged and make sure they're going to buy, or is it even a problem for you? Like, um, so, I mean, we, we did a, we did a bunch of stuff this last campaign, um, and, and for campaigns, but a lot of it comes down to understand the power of storytelling and that the uh, 30, 30 days, I think the last campaign we ran was 31 days. It's way too long for the only story to be back my project, back my project, back my project. And one of the things that we did during this campaign uh, was we sort of changed the, like, like sort of chunked it up into, into, into pieces of the campaign and then told a little bit of a different story for each, each campaign and uh, each part of the campaign. So, you know, that first, uh, even before the campaign was over, well, we, we had about three weeks that we were building, you know, sending, sending people to a landing page, set active, uh, sending out our preview to a, uh, the preview book that we put together and, and the preview book was a, just really just a PDF. Um, we took about the first 10% or no, excuse me, the first, uh, the first 10 pages, which is about 50% of the, of the book itself. It's a children's book. It's, it's short that we added a, a nice little letter about the reason behind the book. We showed some behind some sort of process page from, you know, sketches to uh here's the the drawing stage here's the the, the layering stage it's a digital artist was uh, greg murphy um and so, uh, did did that for the for the book and, and just put it together in a nice little pdf and then we shared that with our existing audience encouraged them to share it with others that they'd like we um also put out a couple uh, sort of teaser videos on Facebook and then make sure, made sure to follow up with anybody that's having engagement um, on there, uh, on, the, on those platforms, uh, like on Facebook and made sure that they knew about the, the preview book and just really tried to, and then from that, we had sort of an email follow-up sequence where we would go into a little bit more, you know, tell a few more stories about, you know, just, just really trying to, to make a connect. We tried to make a connection with our audience and, and incorporate them in, into things. And, and, you know, they even, you know, we've been working on this, this particular book for over, over almost two years now. Um, our audience helped us pick the cover. And so that, and so these are the kinds of things that if you can include sort of your audience, if you can get them involved in sort of co-creating the product um, when it comes out, then, you know, they're, they're going to be more likely to, to be there and be, be excited about it. So that's, that's a big part of it. Um, so starting a little, starting early is, is, is key as well. Yeah. I really like this. Um, so, okay. I'm going to, did you ever go through client meetings or client um, conversations and you just kind of wish you could record it because it's just golden information that other creators <laughs> would really benefit from? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to take that and try to replicate that where I have um, a children's product. And because you do children's books, I'd like to know um, how you would approach it from a consultant angle, because I think this could be really powerful to see what goes into considerations with campaigns. Um, and you are the, like the guy that's done multiple children's launches. So you know the, the, whatever, the industry a little bit better than me there. So the product is... A, it's called Cub in the Tub. Okay, so it's a children's bath companion that helps them re- um, have, like, it basically makes bath time fun again. Mm-hmm. Very specific problem are parents that have kids that scream and have fits when you try to wash their hair. Hmm. 
So the product has been validated 100%. It's something you don't know about until you're that parent that wants to like murder their child. Um, So what it is, it's a stuffed bear that you place uh, on a a suction cup to the bathtub wall and get them to look up and engage with the thing. And there's a book, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, The angle that we're playing with is that, you know, people are like, okay, well, one of the objections is I won't buy this because if you're telling me I'm just going to get my kid to look up, I'm just going to like stick a stuffed animal up there. Why do I need this? And the sales, the selling point is the story time and it's the experience and the engagement around it. So like, that's kind of the angle we're going with to really make this product be different. And if you were, if I was like looking to work with you and this was my product, um, what are some concerns or things that you would do with this yeah so it's 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 interesting it's um and i haven't been in the position of uh of having to deal with uh with tub time i think since i was the one screaming (laughs) with uh, back in the day so so yeah so this is a problem in a in a situation that i know that i'm not uh 100 uh you know in on but it's something that i'm sure and i'm definitely in the age where most of my friends are all all have little ones at home now, um, and so and so yeah. So that, that, that I would start by by really being able, like trying to figure out what is that story of the, of the why behind it. And it seems like I mean it, I, I can see that. I mean I like the, the video would would probably be super important for that. Um, but I, I love the idea of just you know coming up with like tying products in into sort of routines and rituals, you know, and it works in all kinds of different spaces. I mean, the, the sort of specialty journal space, um, is, is, is a big space in crowdfunding. Um, I just saw like there's recently a, a story clock, um, the screenwriters like mini book that, that was a kind of a cool way to, to shorthand to do, to do storytelling. And so, um, I think to, to, uh, to, to take the approach of, you know, need a better, need a better bat, bat, uh, tub time ritual. And, 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 and what are the steps of tub time? Um, and, and sort of just lay that out in, in a, in a way that could simplify that process where the book was a part of it. You know, when, when do you read the book? Is it at the beginning? Is it at the end? Is there a part in the book where you, uh, where you, you read a first part of it and then, oh, you know, is the character, you know, like do, going through the steps that, that the person can, that the, the child can, can follow into the tub? Like, like, could it take them all the way through that? Um, so that's, that's some of the things from the product creation I, I would be looking at. Um, because if you can, if you can make a routine, you know, like kids, like backers, <laughs> I, I found like, like, ba- like backers and, and customers, like all they need is a, it, it, they need a reason why. Like it's not enough just for it to be there. They also need to know why, why act now, why, why do it now, um, and and I think kids are like that a lot. You know, they will question things, they will fight, but if if this is the routine or this is how it, this is how it is, and and they sort of are, they they know that, um, and and they can see something to model. Um, I, I could see that being pretty powerful. Um, yeah, I think the. Um the reason I bring this up is because this is one of the harder projects I've taken on in terms of like we it's validated. There's a hundred percent a need for this, but being able to pinpoint the exact pitch has been difficult. Like our landing page, we've had issues with conversion. And so like, I've looked for external feedback on it. And one thing that has 
and it's, you know, I'm not a parent, so that's yeah. a bit of a struggle uh, there. But one thing that has come up in conversation is this whole idea of a routine because you're not selling a bear in a tub. And so guys, if you have a product, it's not about the product. It's the thing the product enables in someone's life. Yeah. So if we just pitch the bear, like whatever, but what are we selling? We're selling an opportunity for parents to have a better bath time routine, which means if your kid stops freaking out, it means they go to bed on time. It means they sleep longer. It means they sleep more peacefully, which means you're less stressed and strung out every single night dreading bath time with your kid, which should be like a really enjoyable experience. So if you could look at the overarching bigger picture of what the big pain point that your product solves and what is solving it going to enable in someone's life on the big picture, that's when it's advertising, baby, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, um, it, it, it baffles me a little bit, uh, with even our existing, um, like, like the CS for Cthulhu brand that, that we've built and, and the, the, the author, Jason Sharamella, I mean, he, this was a book that he's ha- sort of had, since his, I mean, he's, he's got two teenage kids right now, but you know, this was the book, uh, it started, it started with, uh, a board book of Lovecraft themed and HP Lovecraft is a, a famous horror writer who, um, sort of inspired a lot of today's modern horror writers and, and, uh, has a lot of a whole mythos behind it. That's inspired everything from the evil dead movies to uh, a lot of Stephen King work and everything, everything in between a big, big, big fan base, but, but not, but it's sort of like one of those things where, you know, 90, 95% of the world, doesn't speak, couldn't even pronounce the word, but the 5% who can are really excited that they can pronounce it. And they know 20 people, they all know 20 people who, who do. And so, so being able to find those niches where, uh, I mean, we, we were talking on, on my podcast about Russell Brunson. Um, he, he has a term of, of, that, he, that he mentioned, finding areas where people are irrationally passionate. And that's definitely, you know, the niche that that we serve because the funny thing is like 30 to 40% of our audience and our fan base and our buyers don't even have kids. (laughs) They buy this book for themselves because they love the mythos, because they, for the sort of, you know, ironic factor. And then also for um, like, I mean, the art is, is brilliant. It's, it is like, you know, it's, 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 it's a book that, that just, does does sort of stand out but if you can find those areas where people are rationally passionate about um and i think for 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 this book you know amplifying that <laughs> amplifying those pain points about about the the nightmare that is the uh <laughs> the bath time routine and then also i would also be thinking all right well, what are the other problems at at Bath that we can go in? Can uh, can, can the tubby the, the, the tubby towel uh, can can the tubby towel go along with it? The tubby bath mat, um, you know, that's that's extra absorbent. Everything. Yeah. yeah. That, um, and so, so I think I think there's a lot of room to 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 play there. I think so. I mean. I, one takeaways I like from this is that, um, speaking of click funnels, um, when <laughs> what I do is I look for external feedback when what I'm doing is not working. And so I put the landing page in the click funnels Facebook group yesterday and got like eaten alive. Very few of the comments were helpful. They're like, Oh, yeah. the button shouldn't be red. I'm like that yeah. doesn't help me, but okay. Um, but one big thing that came up was this whole, have a better offer. And, 
and I like, uh, you know, with Founder Magazine, we did this. We made the first two chapters what's the available. O- what's, the, what's the offer for the... So the offer for this one right now was um, be one of our early adopters, save 30%. So we're offering a discount, um, which I like that because it shows an intention to buy. And it's it's worked on every other campaign we've done. But a lot of people in, that, in the ClickFunnels group are like, you know, offer something different. I'm like, I don't really want to do a giveaway. But you gave me the idea of... Uh, taking a part of the book and saying, hey, do you want to see what we've done? Here's a PDF. Because I think yeah. that would be really powerful, right? Yeah. So, I mean, here's like what I've, what I've done for all the children's book projects that I've done is I've either just given away the dig- a digital copy of the book. Uh, because here's the thing, you know, when you're talking about young, young children, um, the... Uh, even if they get the digital copy, they're not taking a Kindle. <laughs> they're not taking a Kindle into the into the bathroom. So why not just give them the whole book? And so, and then why not why not continue to follow up with some bedtime routines? Because if they if if they because what will happen is they'll download the book, they'll read it to their their kid, and then you come out and oh now not only is there a book, but there's this character that I know that has come to life, that has come to help me and take me to bedtime. Like thirty percent is not going to get me out of bed. But I might download that book and check it out. And if it comes with some extra tub time tips or the top three mistakes the parents make to keep, to keep things, like you sort of stack, stack both the, the thing that they can read to their kid immediately and some, and some extra tips. Um, that's like hook right there. That's, that's a hook right there. And I mean, you know, our, the, 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 the scariest thing that, that, uh, that we did and the, the smartest thing that we did to build the CS for Cthulhu brand um, from the ground up was as, as soon as that Kickstarter was successful, we just started running uh, a f- low dollar a day Facebook ad, uh, giving away the book for free. We've given out 22,000 copies of the digital version, and we haven't had a day where we haven't sold a book in oh, two years. It's powerful. Um, and, 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 but especially with this group, this niche, like it's not a, even though you will get, you know, you'll probably raise thousands of dollars of digital only backers. Um, they're, they'd be doing that even if they already read the book um, because of it, it, but, 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 but parents are going to want that physical copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Cause yeah. Why are you bringing a Kindle into the bath? Hold on, honey. Let me just read you and flip the pages while they want to grab at it and shove it in the tub with them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Safety hazard. Safety hazard. Yeah, that's uh, really powerful and some really good advice. You gave me some good ideas there. Awesome. I should do this live coaching more often because I feel like there's so much gold that goes on behind the scenes of our businesses that people just don't get until they hear it or they're like on the phone with one of us. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, the, it's the, the whole mastermind concept, right? Like the, nobody has a monopoly on good ideas and, and it's almost like talking through it. Like, and, and I've also found this, and I don't know if you've seen, like, I mean, I plan, <laughs> my, my buddy Jeff McComsey says, you got to plan your Kickstarters like a bank robbery. And I do that. <laughs> you know, I put a lot of time planning these things. And yet, oh, I every, campaign I, every campaign I've run, some of the best ideas happen in the middle of the campaign because it's sort of, it's like, I mean, you're on the, you're in the arena, you're on the game, you're on the playing field. You're uh, like the stakes are high and you're operating at a bit of an elevated sort of thing where you're receptive and you're open to ideas and you're trying to make things th- work. Things so. And yeah, I think, uh, 
Like just alone with trying to solve this problem of the uh, the landing page not converting, that's a sign of a bigger problem. And like the insights that I've received in the last twelve hours, game changing for this pro, like for this company, right? Yeah. And it's we don't we're not inspired for change unless if there's a problem. And you may think I don't know what I'm doing or whatever. People listening, but honestly, this this is product launch one hundred and one. You're going to run into a thousand issues, and you have to jump rope all of them to get to it. it. And this Kickstarter thing is not a walk in the park. There's a lot of things that can cause your campaign to be successful or fail. It's just a matter of how you navigate it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, you, you can be sure you're, you're working, but you know, uh, what's uh, I think, I think Noah Kagan says money's a truth serum. Right. And, but also, but, but you don't even have to go to the money route. Like if people aren't going to, if you haven't put out a, a compelling enough offer or saw, or, or, you know, made that problem or, or, or just whatever it is that the, the appeal factor there, you know, people in a lot of ways are in some, in some cases are more protective of their email address than the, the, like some, sometimes like, especially when you're talking about like, uh, you know, people that just, they, they want you to, uh, to succeed, but they don't necessarily want to hear about any more about it. Uh, sometimes people will pay you to go away. Uh, but, uh, but, but so I think that's, that's definitely a good, um, that's a, that's a good approach, and and yeah, I mean, I, I uh, I'm sure I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of of things along the way uh, with with this this project, especially that that will um, you know lend itself to to even more insights. Um, oh yeah, for sure. So I I think we can talk about this for we've already been talking for two hours, but between different podcasts, or whatever. So I'm going to shut up, and if people want to find out more about working with you, what you're working on, all the jazz, where should they go? Yeah, certainly. Well, if you guys are listening to this like on your phone right now, uh, and you uh, just want a, an extra dose of uh, of Kickstarter goodness in your in your earbuds, uh, just go to uh, where you wherever you get your podcasts and, and search for Comics Tribe. That's or excuse me, Comics Launch. That's C O M I X Launch dot com. My uh, my company is publishing company is Comics Tribe. So if you're a Lovecraft fan and you want to check out that, you can you can search for that as well. Um, I also, for those of you that are writers, artists, self publishers, I put together a new strategy guide uh, over at comicslaunch.com forward slash 2017 guide, and I've been sort of watching what's going on on the platform like lately. And, and anytime I find a new strategy, something that I thought was a clever, you know, just something I hadn't seen before or, or a new twist on, on, a, on an old favorite, um, I actually, you know, pulled together seven of those and put them into this new guide, just highlighting creators uh, that uh, that are doing cool things on the platform and, and making it work for them to, uh, to get their projects funded. So uh, comicslaunch.com forward slash 2017 guide to get that free guide. Um, but otherwise, uh, I'm always on Twitter and uh, at Tyler James Comic. And, uh, and yeah, you can find me at Comics Launch. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks so much. This has been awesome. And I'm glad you reached out to me for the podcast. So yeah. cool. All right, guys. Um, if you are in the middle of planning your launch, I mean, I believe in getting different points of feedback. So definitely go check out his stuff. Um, and if you're not a subscriber of mine, go to crowdfundinguncut.com. You can grab my physical product launch checklist. And by the way, um, if I haven't mentioned this before, I have just launched, uh, for people looking for a little extra something, something, the crowdfunding product launch Academy. Um, you could check it out for a monthly membership, which includes full video tutorials on how to influencer marketing, uh, build your team, build your audience 
and trainings as well as a private Facebook community where you can get real-time feedback on your campaign. Um, we have a $1 trial going on right now, so be sure to head over to crowdfundingproductlaunchacademy.com. All links, including the ones that Tyler's mentioned, will be in the show notes on the website. So again, uh, Crowdfunding Product Launch Academy. And uh, guys, this has been fantastic. We will talk to you soon. Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like the Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.